0: In our last episode, we concluded our look at Prosecutor Thomas Binger's direct examination of Detective Martin Howard, which included an array of video clips capturing events before, during, and after the shootings. On today's episode, we begin our exploration of the cross-examination of Detective Howard by Defense Attorney Mark Richards. We'll pay particular attention to how Richards seeks to weave Detective Howard's testimony into the narrative that the defense team is trying to sell to the jury. That's all coming up As Prosecutor Binger steps away from the lectern following his direct examination of Detective Martin Howard, Defense Attorney Mark Richards rises to take his turn at questioning the Kenosha investigator. Richards immediately seeks to establish that the investigation into the shootings was neither timely nor thorough, while also taking care to diffuse any sense that he is treating Howard and the rest of the Kenosha PD with any disrespect.
2: Now, in gathering evidence in cases like this, routinely you go out and you freeze a crime scene and you get as much evidence, you take time, you photograph things, and you get it all so that it's all preserved is the right word, correct? Correct. In this case, because of the chaos on the night of the 25th into the morning of the 26th, that wasn't able to be done. Fair statement?
3: Not to the degree that we typically do, correct? I,
2: I, and I'm not trying to put blame or put I want this jury to be able to understand the situation that was going on in Kenosha at that time. Is it routine for a small contained homicide scene to not be able to find shell casings and have to go back three days later when they're pointed out by citizens?
3: That's not routine. It was four days later.
2: Oh, I apologize. So even no. longer. No. And a citizen said, hey, there's shell casings under this car. You guys should come out and get them. Yes. Okay. So. It wasn't the standard thorough investigation where you guys put the cones down, you photograph everything, and then you could bring all that forward, correct?
3: Evidence text gathered what they were able to observe that night. And what I'm getting at is
2: there was nothing hiding those shell cases if they had done a thorough inspection, looked under the cars and things like that, correct? Correct. It is a car lot. Correct.
0: Next, Richard's guides Detective Howard to offer testimony establishing that Kyle Rittenhouse was extremely cooperative with law enforcement.
2: There are some cell phones that are not, if I use the wrong word, crackable? Correct. Okay, and that means that unless you have the exact finger code or a fingerprint or something, it can't be opened, correct?
3: Yes, Mr. Rittenhouse's phone was on the... The latest ios and there was not software available at that time okay. to
2: ios update. stands for it's an apple update okay but iPhone. it's it's an operating system it's a type yes okay and back in 2020 when you seized mr rittenhouse's phone you wanted to get in the phone you immediately sent it to the fbi so that it could be opened or cracked and they told you they couldn't do that correct correct and Myself and Mr. Rittenhouse found out about that, correct? Correct. And we said, You want to get in his phone? We'll give you the code as long as we get a copy of whatever you take, correct? Correct. And those arrangements were made, and his phone was downloaded. Correct. So there's nothing hidden. Correct.
0: Defense attorney Richards then draws a distinction between Kyle Rittenhouse's cooperation with police and the actions of one of the prosecution's key witnesses in the case and the one living person shot by Kyle Rittenhouse, Gage Grosskreutz.
2: Now, in this case, you got a search warrant on September 24th, I I apologize. In this case, on September 23rd of 2020, you got a signed search warrant from Judge Wagner for Gage Grosswitz's phone, correct? Correct. And that was in preparation for a meeting that was going to occur on September 24th between yourself, Gage Groskowitz, his lawyer, and members from the district attorney's office, correct?
3: I believe that to be correct, but I was not able to attend that meeting.
2: Okay, who attended it?
3: Uh, Detective Antaramian, and I'm, I'm not sure who else. Okay, but
2: the meeting was in person?
3: Yes. Okay, so
2: search warrant in one hand, correct? Yes. Telephone of Mr. Grosswitz, presumably in Mr. Grosswitz's hand? Yes. And for some reason, that search warrant was never served on Mr. Grosswitz and his phone taken, correct? Correct. So you have a video from Mr. Grosswitz's phone, correct? Correct. But you don't have the download of his telephone, correct? No. And you wanted the download of his phone, correct? Yes. You wanted the information that was in that phone. Yes. You had a search warrant to get all the information in that phone. Yes. And yet you
3: didn't execute it. No, I did not. Okay. Do you know why it wasn't executed? Concerns with Marcy's Law.
0: Marcy's Law is a statute that aims to give rights to the victim or alleged victim of a crime, including special privacy protections. The law was initiated in California after Marcy Nichols, a senior at UC Santa Barbara, was stalked and killed by her ex-boyfriend in 1983. Marcy's Law was passed in Wisconsin in 2020. Taking care to distinguish between the work of the police and decisions made by the prosecutor's office, Richards asks Detective Howard to explain the invocation of Marcy's Law with respect to Gage Grosskreutz.
2: Who had the concerns with Marcy's Law?
3: Several of us did. I did. Attorneys did.
2: When you say attorneys, you're talking about Attorney Finger, correct? Correct. Marcy's Law is the victim rights amendment, correct? Correct. And. Have you ever not executed a search warrant because of Marcy's Law? No.
1: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
0: After establishing that Grosskreutz was afforded the protection of Marcy's law, Defense Attorney Richards next seeks to use Detective Howard's testimony to establish that there was further preferential treatment given to Grosskreutz.
2: When... The interview was performed with Mr. Groskwitz and his attorney, Ms. Motley. That interview wasn't taped. I don't believe so. Okay. Can you think of any other witnesses in this case, complaining witnesses, whose interviews and information was not taped? Other complaining witnesses? Yeah.
3: No.
0: Richards also asks Detective Howard to clarify what happened to the first individual who took a run at Kyle Rittenhouse after the Rosenbaum shooting, a male to whom Richards refers as Jump Kick Man.
2: Just so the record's clear, no one has ever interviewed Jump Kick Man, correct? Correct. No one's ever been able to identify him.
3: Not that I'm aware of, no. He's
2: never come forward and complained to law enforcement that he felt as though he was somehow the victim of a crime on august 25th
4: correct he is not forward
2: and he never came you tried to identify him we tried you tried showing his picture around asking numerous people
3: yes
0: prompted by richards detective howard next explains that joshua zaminsky operating under an alias on social media claimed credit for firing the first shot on the night of august 25th 2020. Howard goes on to say that through an anonymous tip, they were able to establish Zeminski's true identity. Richards asks Detective Howard about when and where the Zeminski gunshot happened relative to Rittenhouse's location and the timing of his firing his weapon.
2: On direct examination, you were asked a question about the timing from Zeminski's shot to Kyle's shot, correct? Correct. You did that with a stopwatch? yes so it's it's a human act yes okay and the wisconsin state crime lab has numerous individuals who can break down video correct yes you can do a frame-by-frame analysis of the video and that can tell you frames per second and you can come within hundreds of a second of what happened correct correct and whether mr zeminski was on the sidewalk or mr zeminski was on the beginning of the parking lot, where you see the flash on the video is behind Kyle Rittenhouse, correct?
3: At that time, yes.
2: Okay, and the shot goes off, and it's in close proximity, 30 feet? Yes. Okay, and from
3: behind him? Yes.
0: Richards then moves on to establish that Joseph Rosenbaum was himself armed and masked earlier in the evening.
2: And you were asked questions by Mr. Binger about Mr. Rosenbaum and your information regarding him. And he named a series of weapons, um, gun, knife, I think there was even a bat or something like that. In your extensive review of the videos, there were numerous times where Mr. Rosenbaum was
3: armed, correct? I can recall him carrying a chain at one point.
2: to the best of your ability and investigation, that chain came from a trailer in that church?
3: From the St. James campus area.
2: And the St. James, we're talking about the rubble and things like that. Yes. And that was an area where there's numerous videos of people going and arming themselves with projectiles, rocks, or busted up cement. Yes. And that was where Mr. Rosenbaum and Mr. Ziminski the trailer to bring down Sheridan Road to start the fire correct correct and that's where Mr. Ziminski and Mr. Rosenbaum are bent over starting the clump of debris and things like that in the road on fire with the trailer up on its side yes and that's where Mr. Rosenbaum is wearing a blue mask correct correct and that's what would commonly be referred to as a baklava or a shield that goes from his neck to down to his shoulder area, correct? Correct. Not the maroon shirt that he was wearing on his head as a mask when he was shot by my client. Correct. Now, as you said, you've been a detective for three years. It's against the law to use physical force against a citizen of Kenosha to try and steal their property from them, correct? Correct. That would be what's called strong arm robbery. Correct. It's a more serious crime if you attempt to do that while you are masked. That's what's called a criminal
3: enhancer, correct? Correct.
0: Richards does not follow up on this insinuation that Rosenbaum was masking himself to conduct a strong-armed robbery, nor does Prosecutor Binger object to the insinuation. Instead, Richards moves on to ask the detective about the police presence on the streets of Kenosha during the civil unrest, as well as about how he went about collecting some of the video evidence after the shooting. Finally, Richards gets to Detective Howard's arrival at the Antioch, Illinois, police station for the purpose of interviewing the defendant. After confirming that Howard documented the injuries on Rittenhouse, Richards asks,
2: And I guess what the state is getting at is the injuries weren't serious. So he shouldn't have shocked. Fair? Fair. Okay. When you're being kicked in the head, you don't know what's going to happen to you. Is that a fair statement? Fair. Okay. When somebody's hitting you in the back of the head the second time with a skateboard, you don't know what's happening to you, correct? Correct. When somebody puts their bare hand on your firearm, trying to take it away from your person, you don't know whether or not that person is going to get your gun and turn it and
3: use it on you, correct? You don't know, no. Correct.
0: Defense attorney Richards is now getting Detective Martin Howard to offer testimony that supports the defense narrative that Rittenhouse was reasonable in the fears that led him to fire his shots.
2: It's a general training principle. You don't give up your gun because it's a deadly and
3: dangerous weapon.
2: Correct.
0: Finally, Binger objects.
3: This is not an expert witness, and that this last question is about training for police officers, which is not relevant.
1: Rephrase your question.
2: Sir, if a weapon is taken from somebody, it can be used against them as a deadly and dangerous weapon, correct? Correct.
0: With that concession from Detective Howard, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty The Trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. Join us on our next episode as we look at the conclusion of defense attorney Mark Richards' cross-examination of Detective Martin Howard, including his presentation of the defense perspective on some of the video clips introduced by the prosecution.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.
0: You can find more information about this trial at CrimeStory.com. Jury Duty is created, hosted, and produced by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. This episode was written by Amalia Mathewson. It was co-produced by Chris Terracone and Aaron Karenik. Our consulting producer is Brittany Bookbinder. The episode was edited by Chris Terracone. Music for the episode was provided by Strike Audio, and Trial Audio is courtesy of Law & Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Kyle Rittenhouse.